Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek myths and traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. This episode features dramatizations of animal abuse and suicide. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. The distant barks of a monster woke the sleeping man. His eyes struggled open. He looked down to find himself sitting in a chair of obsidian, limbs bound with four blood-red snakes. He looked around in a panic and saw another man tied to another chair. He had a beard, wore fine clothes, and was asleep, or possibly dead. Between them was a banquet table decked out with a festering feast of animal carcasses. The table stood on a rock surrounded by a murky river that stretched into the gray horizon. Hello? Is anyone here? A gust of purple-black smoke billowed up from the water and swirled around him. The man wasn't sure how, but a voice seemed to come from the smoke. I see you are finally awake. What are you? Where am I? The underworld, where you've been for quite some time. The land of the dead? Oh gods, does that mean that I... Do you recall dying? I can't recall anything. I don't know who I am. Please, tell me. What would you give me in exchange? I am no one, so I fear I have nothing to give. A wise observation. Then I must be a wise man. <laughs> a wise man wouldn't end up bound to the chair of forgetfulness. Unless, of course, you were led astray by an enemy. That other man, is he my enemy? He is your best friend in the world. A warrior and a king of the Lapiths in Thessaly. Purithus. And you are Theseus, bullslayer and king of Athens. Yes, a hero led astray. But who is my enemy? A brutal beast, a ruffian who masquerades as a champion, a son of Zeus, a cousin through your mother, and the hero you worship. Remember. The smoke twisted and hardened into the shape of a muscular man with a lion's pelt draped across his back. No, I know this man. He is also my friend and a great hero. Poor bull slayer. You'll never make it out of here if you keep believing that. What's happening? What are you doing? Showing you how wrong you are about your so-called hero, Heracles. The image of Heracles dissolved back into smoke. A moment later, the smoke plunged into Theseus's eyes, blocking out the table, 
Pirithous, the river, everything. The king of Athens felt like he was falling. His spirit hurtled down deep into his memory, back to when all his troubles began. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. In today's episode, we're discussing the relationship between two of mythology's most iconic champions, Theseus and Hercules, or Heracles as he was known to the Greeks. First, we'll explore what tore these two cousins apart. Then, next week, we'll hear how they tried to tear each other apart. Coming up, Theseus sees the dark side of his childhood idol. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. In ancient Greece, few heroes were as celebrated as Theseus and Heracles. They both bedded fair maidens and locked horns with a mystical bull. They tied up each other's loose ends and rescued each other in times of crisis. They were so similar, in fact, that storytellers eventually made them cousins through Theseus's mother. Though Heracles was always more popular in Sparta and Theseus reigned supreme in Athens. In some tales, Theseus is far younger than Heracles and looks up to him with the fervor of an ancient fanboy. In Euripides' play Heracles, they're equals, with Theseus providing brotherly support to his suicidal Spartan counterpart. But despite the myriad of similarities, there are some key differences between the heroes. Heracles was a demigod, the son of a mortal woman and the god Zeus. 
Zeus's goddess wife Hera was so upset at this dalliance that she drove Heracles mad and forced him to kill his wife and children. To atone for his sins and strive for a chance at immortality, Heracles wandered Greece performing his twelve labors, a set of quests that pit him against dangerous monsters. He did face evils along the way, but his heroism is based in self-preservation. Theseus, on the other hand, was the long-lost son of Aegeus, king of Athens and heir to the kingdom's throne, as we learned in our earlier story, The Adventures of Theseus. He may have a royal lineage, but he was still a human champion. Since he wasn't as strong as his divine cousin, he had to work harder to earn his reputation. And while Heracles was free to roam Greece on adventures, Theseus had the responsibility of ruling Athens. This conflict between self-interest and the greater good separates Heracles and Theseus and makes them see the world through different lenses. Different enough such that if they ever disagreed, who knows what trouble would erupt across Greece, especially if sinister forces conspired to make sure these friends saw each other as foes. Theseus's body was trapped in the chair of forgetfulness in the underworld, but his spirit raced through the void of his mind. Purple-black smoke clouded his eyes and gripped his throat. But suddenly, a beam of sunlight tore through the dark, and with it came the sounds, shapes, and smells of a childhood memory. He saw a room with stone walls dappled by the midday sun. Scrolls were scattered everywhere, and a woman stood to lecture a young man seated at a table. The young man was Theseus, a scrawny 16-year-old Theseus, that is. The chamber was his schoolroom in the Palace of Treason, and the woman was his mother, Princess Ethra. From their faces, it didn't seem to be a happy memory. King Pandion inherited the Athenian throne, but he was ousted by his brother Mission, and he was only avenged when his son Aegeus reclaimed, Ugh, mother, I'm bored. And I have a kingdom to run, but your last tutor practically threw himself off a cliff thanks to your behavior, so I'm a princess and a teacher now. <sighs> Theseus, this is a tale of battle. Don't you enjoy this sort of thing? I enjoy exciting stories not ones about stuffy old men and their stuffier older relatives. Who am I supposed to root for? Where are the heroes and villains? And why do I need to know about Aegeon anyway? It's Aegeus, and this information may prove to be crucial one day. Can't we study something more entertaining? Like gods or monsters? Surely a king has to know about them. You cannot keep your head in the clouds and your eyes fixed on Mount Olympus. Not when there are battles to be fought in our world. Reality is never so simple as heroes and villains. <sighs> I will have you sent to the dungeon, Theseus. <sighs> but of course, you'd probably enjoy how scary it is very well. In our quest to understand the natural and unnatural creatures that roam our world, we can study this scroll on Cerberus, the Hound of Hades. A dog? A voracious three-headed dog who belongs to the unseen god of death. Go on. 
Before Ethra could continue, she was interrupted by a distant rumbling. It felt like something was approaching the palace. Something big. Theseus ran to the window. Someone was riding up the hill to the palace. His black steed kicked up dust, clouding the rider's face. Behind the horse was a massive cage on wheels, dragged along by a golden rope. The cage was the size of Theseus's schoolroom, and a white cloth tarp concealed its contents, but it couldn't muffle the terrifying sound that echoed from within. When the dust cleared, Theseus recognized the rider and darted from the room. It's Heracles, and he brought a monster! Of course he did. Theseus scrambled from the palace gates, leaping over bushes and stumbling onto the stone path. He rushed past the steed and headed straight for the cage. He almost made it until Heracles leapt in front of him to block his way. Theseus went pale and looked up at the demigod's rippling, battle-scarred form and stern visage. But then he grinned and threw his arms around Theseus. <laughs> Look how you've grown, Theseus. You're so gangly now. I am not gangly. You are the gangliest of youths. You need more wild boar in your diet. <laughs> Is that what you've got in that cage? My dinner? Theseus lifted a corner of the fabric to peer into the cage. All he saw was a white hoof. Before Heracles tossed him away from the cage and into a nearby bush, Ow! Heracles, you know mother doesn't like it when you throw me. <laughs> if you were less scrawny, you would not sail through the air so easily. Now listen, Theseus. Daylight will only make the creature more feisty. Then at least tell me what it is. This cage contains the Cretan bull. Ah, I do not know what that is. <laughs> I'll elaborate over one of your mother's famous feasts. That evening, Aethra and Theseus watched Heracles eat a roast lamb whole. After each ravenous bite, Theseus opened his mouth to ask about the bull. But then Heracles would shove another hunk of flesh in his mouth. It was maddening. So when Heracles paused to drain a carafe of wine, Theseus erupted. Heracles, you have to tell me about that bull, please? Yes, what exactly is this creature locked up in my stables? And is it going to kill my farmhands? I rather like them alive. Heracles grinned and took a deep breath before draining a second carafe of wine. Theseus shot his mother a pained look. Oh, Heracles, you're torturing my son. Swallow the wine and spit the story out. <laughs> your temper is as spicy as your wine is sweet, Ethra. The bull was created by Poseidon as a gift to King Minos of Crete. Now, mad old Minos was supposed to sacrifice it, but it looked like no other bull in the world, and he found it too majestic to kill. How majestic? Heracles, you have to show me. Patience, dear boy. As punishment, Poseidon drove the bull wild and sent it rampaging across Crete. 
Minos was desperate for someone to trap it. <laughs> Though between you and me, property damage wasn't the real issue. What do you mean? Rumor has it that Poseidon also enchanted Minos's wife, Pasiphae, and made her lay with the bull. Ugh, that's sickening. Heracles, stop! Heracles, please don't stop! <laughs> they say Pasiphae gave birth to an abomination, a child with the body of a bull and the head of a man. Or was it the other way around? Mother, we have to sail to Crete and see this child! Theseus, you are never setting foot on Crete. <sighs> Fine. But I can still watch Heracles slay the bull, right? <laughs> There's nothing I'd enjoy more than hearing you cheer as I bathe in its blood. But I'm not slaying it. I'm taking it to King Eurystheus for his menagerie. I only stopped for a meal and a rest on the way to his palace in Tiryns. But you slew the Nemean lion, and the Hydra, and the Stymphalian birds. Because those were the gods' order, relayed to me by Eurystheus. In this bull's case, their orders were capture, not kill. And you don't question the gods' orders, Theseus. You obey, or you suffer. After what happened to my wife and children, I've suffered enough. Your family? Mother said they perished in a fire. Yes, they did, and we shall not speak of poor Megara any further. Heracles, perhaps you'd better stop drinking so you can get an early start in the morning. Theseus is something of a beast himself, and my palace isn't big enough for two wild animals. And a bull. May I go with Heracles to Tyrans? It's only a day's journey, and I could help with- And miss your lessons? I think not. But meeting a king would be a valuable learning experience. Heracles, tell her! <sighs> Theseus, I am sorry, but I cannot bring you. What? I thought you'd be on my side. I am always on your side, my gangly little king. But if Eurystheus thinks I had help, he will deem this quest invalid. He's already added two more labors to my list because of that pesky rule. And it is getting tiresome. Can I at least see the monster before you take it away? Maybe next monster, when you're older and less excitable. Well, that settles that. Theseus, give the adult some peace. Off to bed with you. Since neither of you cares what I want, I'll return to my cage. Good night. As soon as Theseus slammed the doors, his frown twisted into a mischievous grin. If his mother and cousin thought he was crying in his room, that bought him some time to do what he wanted. And what Theseus wanted more than anything right now was to see a monster. Coming up, Theseus and Heracles fight a bull and lock horns with each other. You discover their practices, seek their advice, and let yourself become more vulnerable than ever before. They have the ability to heal what the doctors can't, or so they say. Hi listeners, it's Vanessa from the podcast series Cults. 
Be sure to check out our four-part special on Miracle Healers airing right now. Meet figures from around the world who claimed powers and pushed remedies, but harbored more sinister intentions. You don't want to miss it. And if you're looking for more episodes on the most radical and deadly groups in history, tune in to Cults every Tuesday. From Jim Jones and the People's Temple, to Charles Manson and the Manson family, to Keith Raniere and Nexium, you'll uncover the unscrupulous methods used to turn bright-eyed recruits into die-hard believers. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Cults, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. This wasn't the first time Theseus had been to his palace's royal stables, but it was the first time he was sneaking into them on a dark night against his mother's wishes. His mother and his cousin Heracles didn't want him to see the Cretan bull, probably because they thought he couldn't handle it. But Theseus knew if he was going to be a hero like Heracles one day, he had to start training now. He crept as quietly as he could past bales of hay and sleeping horses to a massive cage that filled the other end of the chamber. It was covered in white cloth, which billowed from the force of the bull's snores. Theseus held his breath and pulled the white cloth to the ground. His mouth fell open when he saw the sleeping Cretan bull. It was twice the size of a normal one, and its hide was an iridescent blue-white. Its horns were pale marble and unnervingly sharp. Theseus had never felt such a mix of terror and wonder. He had to get a closer look. He reached out to the cage's copper padlock. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Theseus turned to see Heracles in the shadows by the stable gate. The young man broke into a cold sweat. Going against a beloved cousin's wishes was bad enough. But Heracles was also Greece's fiercest warrior, and Theseus could only imagine the punishment that awaited him. Heracles took a step forward and swayed awkwardly. Theseus relaxed. In the moonlight, he could see that his cousin was bleary-eyed and cradling a carafe of wine like it was his baby. Greece's fiercest warrior was drunker than Dionysus. Now, if you were me, I would do it, but you are not me, so do not. But it's asleep. I'll be quiet. I just want to see it up close. It's a magic bull. You've seen one, you've seen them all but I haven't seen any. You witness wonders like these every day while I'm stuck with boring old scrolls and my mother's disappointed face. Maybe you should stop disappointing your mother's face. She doesn't have to know. I'll be careful. Just a closer look, that's all. Heracles rolled his eyes, turned away, and took another sip of wine. Seeing his cousin's disinterest, Theseus turned back to the cage. He carefully lifted the padlock, and it scraped against the cage's rusted bars. 
The bull's eyes snapped open, revealing blood-red pupils. The creature saw Theseus and charged. Theseus, move! Theseus flung himself to the side, just in time to evade the storm of hooves and horns that burst from the cage and into the stable. Heracles sprang into action and grabbed the Cretan bull by its horns, but his reflexes were dulled from the wine and his hands were greasy from the lamb. He only held tight for a moment before the marble horns slipped free of his fingers. The wild beast jerked its head and flung Heracles through the stable doors. Theseus watched in horror as the Cretan bull ran off into the night. By the time Heracles pulled himself upright, Theseus was already rushing out of the stable. The palace! We have to protect mother! A panicked Theseus arrived at the palace gate and scanned for signs of destruction. There was nothing. He turned to Heracles and was alarmed to see that the hero was several paces behind him, struggling to make it up the hill. The bull would leave tracks. Why aren't there any tracks here? We should- Theseus, slow down. I've had a lot to drink and I'm not thinking clearly. Give me a moment and perhaps I can pick up his scent. The noise was unmistakable. A woman's scream coming from the tiny farming village at the base of the hill. Theseus and Heracles looked on in horror. They caught glimpses of torches snuffing out, homes caving in, and villagers running for safety. The Cretan bull was on a rampage. He's in the village! Oh, gods, all those people. We have to get down there now. No. Theseus, stay here. I can't let you fight it alone in this state. I won't be. I'm staying too. Oh, to strategize? Maybe we can lure it into a trap. Why bother? The bull is hungry. I forgot to feed him and he's been caged up for days. He'll be easier to wrangle once he's slow and satiated. <laughs> like me. To Theseus's shock, Heracles sat back in the grass and took another swig of wine, numb to the horrors unfolding below them. But what about the villagers? He's going to rip them apart. Do you have any idea how many villagers have died over the course of my quests? My memory is littered with dead villagers. The faces all blur together after a while. Everyone looks the same when they're soaked in blood. Heracles, you swore to protect the people of Greece. I swore to obey the gods until I finish my labors and repay my debt. If they tell me to save a village, I save a village. But I was told to keep the bull alive, and if I engage him in my state, I, I may slip up and slay him. Then where would I be? What if he escapes into the countryside? I've caught him before, I'll catch him again. Trust me. Here, have some wine. It'll calm you down. You're not a hero at all, said the idiot child who let the bull out of its cage. Then I need to be the man who puts him back. Theseus took off down the hill. Heracles rolled his eyes, then pounded the ground with his mighty fist. 
The earth trembled, and the young man tripped and fell on his face. For Zeus's sake, stay up here where it's safe. You're too weak to save them. I know I am. I'd try my best, but I'd fail. I am weak, Heracles, but it's not an excuse to do nothing. I'm not a god or hero like you, but I don't want to be remembered as a villain. Theseus waited in agony until Heracles sighed and pushed himself off the ground. He looked down at the village and winced at the sound of screaming children. Theseus could swear he saw Heracles blink back tears. Then Heracles walked over, pulled Theseus to his feet, and summoned a heroic expression of pride, one that melted Theseus's fear and anger instantly. Forgive me, cousin. I have been so wrapped up in my trials that I've forgotten what it's all about. Puny little folk like you and the villagers who need a hero. Theseus, your destiny may be a boring throne, but know that tonight you restored this hero's heart. Heracles ran toward the village. Theseus began to follow, but Heracles stopped him with a raised hand. It's not safe for you down there. Go to the palace and protect your mother. You may not be Greece's hero, but you can be hers. I'll handle the rest. Theseus nodded and rushed back to the castle with a proud and hopeful smile. Meanwhile, another Theseus watched him go, a decade older, gaunt and pale, but smiling at the joy in his younger self. The purple-black smoke from the underworld billowed around him and spoke once more. Look at that silly little smile. The young are so easily deceived. Heracles didn't deceive me. My faith in him did waver that night. But I helped him find his purpose, and it made me believe in him more. Then you remain deceived. Heracles showed you his true colors. No. He had a moment of selfishness. Then he saved the village. At least, I think he did. I can't quite recall the aftermath. Then it's time for you to see the truth. The smoke carried Theseus down to the village, while his younger self stayed on the hill. He choked back a sob at the utter devastation around him. Blood everywhere, homes crushed, babies crying for their mothers. The Cretan bull stood in the town square, lazily gnawing on a severed leg. Across from him stood Heracles, gulping the rest of his wine. He wiped his red-stained lips, belched, and stared at the bull with a blank expression. Good boy, finish your treat so we can get you back in the cage. I'd best get you to Tyrion's before dawn breaks. Aethra's <sighs> going to be such a nag about all this. Theseus whirled around to glare at the whispering smoke. Enough! He wouldn't! This is some sort of trick! Why would I lie to you? You're a talking column of smoke that smells of sulfur and... Doom. It stands to reason that you're evil. 
Would you prefer me like this? The smoke coalesced into the form of Theseus's mother, Ethra. She reached for Theseus's hand, but he pulled away from her icy touch. Ah, perhaps this is a tad smothering. You never could stand mother anyway. That's not true. And you can take on as many forms as you like, but you still can't convince me that Heracles is my enemy. He's a great champion. Who only does good to feed his ego. If you do not accept that fact, I'm afraid you'll never escape the underworld. Even if he's no paragon, I still don't see how that makes him my enemy. I can't help but feel I'm missing something here. Yes, perspective. You see him through the eyes of the naive child you were. And this was just the beginning of the rift. Remember the next time you saw Heracles? No, but I'm sure you'll show me something horrible any second now. Come now, my son. Don't deceive yourself. Some part of you knows what I mean. It is your darkest memory, and it sings with pain. Then maybe it's a good thing I can't recall it. But how could you forget the day you killed your father? Up next, Theseus pays for Heracles' mistakes. Now back to the story. Theseus plummeted through the void, passing through years of memories in an instant, discovering that his long-lost father was Aegeus, king of Athens, boarding a ship for Crete with a promise to defeat Aegeus's enemy, King Minos, fighting the Minotaur to the death in a terrifying labyrinth. Then he was floating over the sea, near the rocky cliffs of Athens. Below him sailed a ship with black sails. At the prow was another Theseus, 19 now and battle-scarred, but beaming with pride. Why are we here, Theseus? When I boarded the ship for Crete, it had black sails. I promised my father that if I succeeded in killing the Minotaur, I would fly white sails upon my return. That's how he would know I was alive. I don't see white sails on that ship, Theseus. I was distracted. I forgot to change them. And when my father looked out and saw the black sails, he... The poor old man threw himself off a cliff out of grief. Whatever could have distracted you? Daydreams of telling Heracles that I was a hero now, too. Theseus closed his eyes to escape this sight, but when he opened them, he found himself reliving the events that made that dark day even worse. Aegeus's funeral was a blur, as was the cremation and the memorial banquet that followed. Theseus didn't know what to say or do or think. He'd only just met his father. He'd never learned how to be a king. He didn't know a soul in Athens. Except for Heracles, 
who showed up to the memorial two hours late, wearing a stained dress robe and holding a half-empty skin of mead. Calm down, everyone. Heracles is here. But of course, today isn't about me. Long live Aegeus, and glory to his successor, King Theseus. For the first time, Theseus felt shame at seeing Heracles. The man was too big, too loud for such a grim affair. The hero even seemed oblivious to his cousin's all-consuming sadness as he ran up to envelop him in a bear hug. I'm here. You have me at your side, little king. Thank you. It's good to see you. Hundreds of Athenians accosted Theseus, eager to give him condolences. They all seemed so worried. But were they worried for Theseus or about him? He eventually retreated into a corner, savoring his first moment of solitude in hours. You look just like your father, though admittedly a bit more handsome. A man who looked a little older than Theseus appeared beside him, his finely tailored robes swaying with easy elegance. He had a well-trimmed beard, mischievous eyes, and a confidence Theseus found intimidating. Unlike other mourners, he extended his sympathies with a warm smile. My deepest condolences, King Theseus. Your father was a gift to the world, and I know you'll uphold his legacy. Once you've had time to adjust, of course. The man smiled and walked off, just as Heracles came back over to hand him a goblet of wine. That was Pirithus, king of the Lapith in Thessaly. We don't like him. Why don't we like him? He's untrustworthy, and I suspect his beard hides a chin as weak as his morals. But why is he untrustworthy? Theseus, you look pale. It's unbecoming. Drink your wine. It's my father's funeral. I don't think I should be drunk. Suit yourself. It's the only way I made it through my family's funeral. Theseus was alarmed by the morbid sentiment, but Heracles just shuffled off as if the remark was of no consequence. Theseus thought for a moment, then drained his drink and poured another. Hours later, Theseus slumped in a chair, barely keeping his eyes open. Heracles had led the group in a series of increasingly bawdy toasts to Aegeus, and Theseus was beginning to wonder if Heracles had ever met the fallen king. Theseus just wanted to be alone, to sleep, to hug his mother, who could not make the journey from treason in time. Most of all, he just wanted Heracles to be quiet. He was almost glad when he heard worried murmurs spread through the crowd. King Pirithus pushed through the crowd up to his table. Heracles scowled, but Theseus cleared his throat, sat up straight, and tried his best to look kingly. King Theseus, I regret to inform you that there's been an incident. Some crone almost broke into the palace. She says she's from Marathon and she's in hysterics. Marathon? It's one of your territories. R right. Yes, of course. Marathon. What is troubling her? A beast is rampaging through her town. Now she's very old, and I fear she may be a bit addled. She says it's a giant bull with a white coat and marble horns. 
Theseus shot Heracles a worried look. Then he grabbed Heracles' arm and led him through the door to an antechamber. Heracles shut the door to the smaller room. Theseus's breath came in short gasps and his head was spinning, but Heracles didn't seem to notice. He pulled a wineskin from somewhere within his robes and took a swig. <laughs> no rest for the wicked, Theseus. Seems you're a regular bull magnet. Why didn't you kill it? I beg your pardon? You know as well as I do that the creature rampaging in Marathon is the same one you brought to treason three years ago. You should have killed it back then. My mission was to bring the Cretan bull to Eurystheus as the gods intended. Well, did it escape? Or did Eurystheus set it loose as an act of war because he knows my father's death has weakened Athens? How should I know, Theseus? The last time I saw the bull was when I handed it off years ago. I was immediately tasked with taming the man-eating horses of Diomedes, which was an even tougher challenge, believe it or not. Oh, enough of your boasting. My father is dead. It's my first day as king, and one of your mistakes is devouring my people. They only became your people a few hours ago. And Marathon is no great loss, strategically speaking. Calm yourself, boy. I am not a boy. I am a man and a king. Too much of a man-king to listen to your dear old cousin's advice? I'd listen if you were giving any advice. All I've heard is boorish boasts and tasteless jokes. If you have a plan to slay the bull, I'm listening. Theseus, I promised the gods it would live, and I won't break my vow. I don't care about your vow, and I don't care about the gods. Bite your tongue and show some respect. I don't think I will because now I realize that it isn't respect that ties you to the gods, it's fear. You've never had to look out for anyone but yourself, so you can't understand my situation. I understand it perfectly, perhaps more than you do. You're not afraid for your people, you're afraid of them and what they'll do if they think you're weak. I am not weak. Heracles chuckled with pity and ruffled Theseus's hair. Theseus pushed Heracles with such force that the drunk demigod stumbled across the room into a table. I said I'm not weak, you pathetic drunk! Theseus stared at Heracles with fury, and Heracles looked away, intimidated. They stayed that way for a long moment as if frozen. Something had shifted between them, and Theseus wasn't sure what to say next. He was relieved when King Pirithous poked his head into the room. Your Highness, I'm so sorry to interrupt your... Um, feud? Not now, you useless pretty boy. Heracles, be quiet. Thank you for the compliment. I wanted to offer my help. I know Marathon well, and I grew up bull hunting. Though, of course, I suppose I shouldn't be boasting about that to the man who killed the Minotaur. I appreciate it, Pirithous. Good counsel is hard to come by these days. Then let me offer you some advice. Now is your chance to make a good first impression on Athens. Or, well, a better second impression. What are they saying? They know about the Minotaur, don't they? Yes, but that victory happened in a distant land. And sadly, you only brought one of the Minotaur's prisoners back alive. 
But if you storm out of here, allied with a king like me, and bring back the head of the bull that threatened your citizens, well, that would be an indisputable triumph. Theseus looked back at Heracles, who slumped against the table and said nothing. His furious glare was loud enough. What about Heracles? He is a liability. No offense. His antics play well in Sparta. But in Athens, we find him rather tiresome. I'll need a sword. I'll get your father's blade. Meet me in the reception hall, and I'll present it to you in a manner befitting a king. But first, comb your hair. And don't slump. Oh, thank you. Of course, my friend. We'll make a ruler out of you yet. Pirithous winked, then rushed out. Theseus took a deep breath. He had to admit, he was almost excited to be back on another quest. This time, one that would save his people and his reputation and distract him from his grief. He was about to walk out when Heracles finally deigned to speak. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You could never be me. I am the king now, and it's time I did things my way. With that, Theseus walked out of the chamber and slammed the door shut. Theseus awoke on the rock in the underworld again, still bound by snakes to the chair of forgetfulness. The whispering smoke billowed around him. Now do you see that Heracles is your enemy? I can't remember what happened after that, but perhaps I've seen enough. Then I trust you are ready. Ready for what? Ready to kill him, of course. Uh, I don't know. Then make up your mind quickly before he kills you. Theseus looked to the edge of the rock. The sound of footsteps grew unbearably close until a familiar lion skin lifted itself up to their rock. It was Heracles, breathing heavily and facing Theseus. There was a sharp sword in Heracles' hand and a murderous look in his eyes. Thanks again for tuning into Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Find out what led Theseus to be trapped in the underworld and caused him to challenge Heracles to a fight to the death. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week to conclude this epic story. 
Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tom Bauer, Eddie Lee, Ellie Schiff, and Laura Faye Smith. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Mm-hmm.